Hello, welcome to Meet the Thriller Author, a podcast that features interviews with authors of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. My name is Alan Peterson, and I am your host. I am also an author of thrillers, and that is why when I decided to start a podcast where I would be interviewing uh, fellow authors, I decided to focus on the genre that I write in and that I love, which is the uh, thriller genre. And for simplicity's sake, by thrillers here, I'm talking about uh, books that you would find in Amazon's mystery, thriller, and suspense uh, category, as well as its subcategories of crime fiction, uh, such as uh, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, espionage, uh, those type of novels. These are the authors that you'll be meeting during this podcast. Okay, so uh, with that out of the way, stay tuned for the latest episode of Meet the Thriller Author. Hey everybody, welcome to Meet the uh, Thriller Author, and in this uh, episode, interviewing uh, Renee uh, Paulwish is uh, an award-winning author of the best-selling uh, Reed Ferguson mystery series, and uh, she writes in other genres as well, and so we're going to be talking to her about her books and how things are going for her. Uh, Renee, are you there? I am. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, did I pronounce your name correctly or did I butcher it? No, no, just polish, like shoe polish. Okay, good. Uh, for our listeners who haven't uh, read your books before, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about your books? Sure. I, you said I write the Reed Ferguson Mystery Series. That's my main series. There was a character in one of the books, Backstory, uh, named Dewey Webb, and, and part of Backstory took place in the 1950s, so I've started a new series with uh, Dewey Webb. Uh, the first one is Web of Deceit, and it's out. And then there's a second one at the editor. And then I've I've got a kind of a middle grade YA action adventure series for kids. And then you know a couple of other stories. Nephilim is a um, kind of a supernatural mystery slash thriller slash horror story, or I guess in it, it could even be considered post apocalyptic. I guess you know <laughs> there's so many different genres right now so I've got quite a bit of stuff out there right now and so your Reed Ferguson's are those like the mysteries that like the like the detective stories yeah yeah Reed Ferguson is a is a private investigator that started out when I wrote it there were there were no novels because I wrote it back in like 2001 and at that time I could not find a, a private eye novel where you were actually witnessing the private eye's first case you know and he, typically you, it's the first book right but he's a seasoned detective and so I thought well that'll be a different twist to, to make it his very first case and then I was kind of playing around with you know okay what got him into this whole thing and I, I made him kind of a, a trust fund baby who has always loved film noir and detective fiction and so he decides to hang up his hang his shingle and go well, I'm gonna make a go of this and it was sort of by accident that film noir has ended up in every book. Um, the first one, it, uh, The Big Sleep, plays a central role in in the book. But after that, I, I think it, it got such good feedback that I kept doing that. And people, most people anyway, like the references to the old movies and to Humphrey Bogart and, and things like that. So it seems to be popular right now, which is pretty cool. So that's the vibe I get from the cover. And uh, I was reading the first chapter of, of of your first book, and yeah, it definitely's got that 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 vibe, like that old um, what was it the 
Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, the Spade and uh, Philip Marlowe. The Reed Ferguson ones, though, they're set in, in present time. Yeah, present day Colorado, present day Denver. You're spitting off, or, or now you're writing about Dewey Webb, so that's all taking place like back in the 50s? Yeah, Dewey Webb appeared in, in the novel Backstory, and so the, the uh, premise of that one is that um, a gentleman comes to Reed Ferguson and says, I think some of my grandfather's, there's something in, in his case notes, he was a detective in the 50s, and can you look into it? So it alternates chapters between present-day Denver and 1955 Denver, and people really liked that character of Dewey Webb, so I decided to uh, attempt a spin-off series so that the, the first one is published, the second one is at the editor right now, and then, you know, I'll see where it goes if it starts to sell, you know, may, maybe put out six or eight books in the series, but it, it's been fun to do, to, to try and figure out what Denver was like, and, and I jumped back to 1949. Um, to start the series, and, and it's been an interesting challenge, but fun. <laughs> Do you find it harder to research when it's set in the, uh, you know, 70 years ago, or is the research kind of the same? No, it's it's definitely harder, um, but the internet makes it somewhat easier, and then I happen to just luck into one of the fans of my Reed Ferguson series uh, started emailing me when he read Backstory and he corrected a couple small things and then he was mentioning he grew up in Denver in the 1950s and it, we struck up a conversation that has really kind of led to a friendship between he and his wife. I peg him with questions all the time where I'll be like, hey, you know, do you remember? And, you know, and, and he's, he's a talker, he's a very nice guy, and he, but he likes to talk and tell stories, which is wonderful. And I'll ask him a question about, you know, like, you know, where, what cafes did they have? And he'd be like, well, we used to eat here, and then there was this here, and whatever. And so suddenly I have this wealth of, oh, I've got 10 restaurants now that I can reference in the story or something like that. So That's going to be a thrill for him, too. You know, you're mentioning stuff that he's telling you about. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then there's kind of a thank you in uh, the first Dewey Web, Web of Deceit. Uh, I named one of the characters after him, so he thought oh, that sweet. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> uh, okay, so now, how long have you been writing? I actually wrote a lot as a kid. It was nothing that I ever. I didn't do a lot with it. I was in kind of a creative writing class. I did have a poem win, like second state, second place in state one year or something like that, and you know, and then. You know, college, I kind of got away from it, and then and then after grad school, I kept telling a friend of mine I had this idea for a story, and she just kept encouraging me to write it down, and I, so I wrote that. It took about nine months, um, and then I just kind of always kept at it, and then I first, I self-published Nephilim in, I think it was 2006, so before Kindle and all that, and, and I, oh, excuse the phone. Yeah, the problem. I, I sold about... 500 copies of that, I think, just on my own. Got into Kindle, you know, what, 2011? Mm -hmm. That's when I jumped in and went, you know, I've got these stories. I'd had a couple Reed Ferguson stories at that point, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to jump in and, and see what I can do with publishing ebooks to Kindle, and kind of it's gone from there. Wow, so you like started before the whole, this whole like self publishing Kindle revolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
wow. honestly wish I would have, you know, I was reading about Amanda Hawking in probably, what, maybe 2009, 2010, and I just didn't really kind of grasp, I think, what was the, the potential back then, and I wish I would have <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. I, I started hearing about her in, like, yeah, same, same time period, and yeah. Like, well, well, I kind of missed that whole thing, but, you know, better late than never, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So uh, why did you choose to, uh, to write the mysteries and thrillers? Is it, uh, have, you, have you been a fa- fan of the genre as a reader? Yeah, yeah. And growing up, um, I was a big fan of, like, the Hardy Boys and the Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators. And uh, when I was in high school, I think I, I read a lot of the classics and... Um, you know, like Chandler and Kane and stuff, and and it so it just was natural for me to try and write a mystery novel, and I like the idea from the writing standpoint of trying to write that mystery and putting in the clues and trying to, you know, put them in subtly and see if you can keep the reader off, you know, offbeat and they can't figure out the story till the end. <laughs> And is that that is that the challenge when you're writing it too to make sure that like that you're gonna have the twists that you know the readers are expecting and yeah yeah really. uh, did your favorite authors did they influence your writing today? I think I think yes. Um, you know it's hard to say. I don't think I you know I've never taken any formal writing classes or anything like that. I think a lot of it is kind of intuitive and then talking to other authors and you know I did a few critique group type of things a long time ago one author that I talked to quite a bit um, was Dennis Lehane and um, you know, this was back when when authors would do more signings than they do now and you know he we shared a few things he shared some of his stuff on writing and things like that um, so I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I think that the more you read stuff, I think it probably just on some level comes out in your writing, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, that's a good source too. Dennis Lehane is one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite uh, thriller writers or, or mystery writers uh, now? Is it Dennis Lehane and uh, any yeah. others? Yeah. Yeah, I like I like Dennis Lehane. Um, I, I wish he would have done more of the the. Patrick, and I can't, I'm drawing a blank on her first name, you know, but that De Niro character, I wish he would have done more with them, and I think he's kind of done with them. Um, I like Michael Connolly, you know, a lot of, a lot of authors, I like their earlier stuff, I think they can tend to get a little stale as they, you know, continue a, a character. Um, you know, I like Robert Cray's, um, you know, I really I liked some early Lee Child, but I think his is kind of getting a little stale. Um, so yeah, yeah, read a lot of different mystery authors. I mean, I like I I read Sue Grafton, but I think she got stale a long time ago. But I'm just I want to find out how she ends it with Kinsey. You know? Yeah, it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And so, where do you get the ideas for your for your books? Kind of all over. I mean, I I will. Um, I'll see something in the news or just read a snippet of something and and think wow I can I can turn that into some kind of a story or uh, certainly with the Reed Ferguson series because he references film noir I'll, I'll actually go back 
sometimes and and look at the the plots of some of the movies and go, oh, you know, I could do something with this, and then this is how I can reference the movie within it or or something or you know, like one of them is um, the postman always brings dice, so it's <laughs> on the postman. Um, always rings twice yeah. so of course then it had to have a gambling theme so yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of all over you know <laughs> and how many books do you have in that uh, series I just released the 13th and then there's a, a Kindle Worlds novella and a short story oh wow and the Kindle Worlds what world are you writing in there the Sydney Rye Vigilante series so oh. Old Sydney Rye, and she comes to Colorado. Her character comes to Colorado, and and uh, is involved in an investigation with Reed Ferguson. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've I've looked at that Kindle Worlds, but I haven't uh, haven't taken a stab at it yet. How how did you find that? Was that different to write versus yeah. writing in your world? I I know um, Emily Kimmelman, the author of that series, so she invited me to be a part of it, of the initial launch. Um, and it, it was an interesting ex- experiment. Um, I, I'm not sure I would do it again because I, I was hoping that there would be more kind of crossover of her fans wanting to read my books. And I, th- I think there was a little bit of that, but not as much as I hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was, from a writing standpoint, it was fun to um, try to take her character because. Because her character, Sidney Rye, is a vigilante. She's a real rough around the edges woman, you know, and in my opinion, anger issues, you know. (laughs) And then Reed Ferguson is really just kind of this nice guy that's trying to do right. And so it was an interesting challenge to take kind of these, these two almost moral opposites and go, how can they solve? A crime that both of them can feel like they did what they could with it. Um, so, so it was interesting. And in the process, is, it, is that at the end, does they does it have to get approved by the by the creator of that world? Um, it it doesn't have to. In her in her case, I think she wanted to read some of the stories and and offer some suggestions. And so, like her main suggestion to me was to. There's a dog blue that's in her stories, and she said, you know, you need to bring him into the story more. Um, but no, when you when you you know anybody could go in and write in one of those worlds if they wanted to, um, and the author doesn't necessarily have any say over that. Oh, wow, interesting. Oh, yeah, because you had a personal relationship with her before. Okay, uh, I didn't realize that that it was so that it was that free kind of a free for all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it really, it's kind of Amazon's own version of fan fiction, so. Mm, okay. Um, and they, they they're, the initial thing that why people didn't want to get into it was because you could lose copyright over your own character. So, of course, authors are like, well, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And now I, I don't. I retain the rights to Reed Ferguson and, and his, it was his then girlfriend, now wife, Willie, and you know all the other characters. If I created anything new, it remains Amazon's copyright. But um, I just I didn't end up doing anything new that I cared about. So mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. And how many uh, how, are you are you working on another Reed Ferguson book right now, or on Dewey? 
I'm just I'm in the beginning stages of trying to figure out the next read story because I I just yesterday turned a Dewey Webb novel over to the editor so I'm kind of in that what am I going to do next phase and what I'd like to do if if I can think of the story is I'd I'd like to write a couple of short stories that then I could release between novels. Um, so here over the next week or so I might try and see if I can crank out a couple of short stories and then start the next novel and I I think I sort of have the idea for the next novel, just the very beginning kernels of it. (laughs) And do you usually write, like if you're writing one novel, uh, do you focus on that or you like write a couple different series at the same time? No, I'm pretty much a one one novel at a time. I like I, I read a Louis Lamour's autobiography and and he could write two or three things all at once and I haven't been able to match that. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And that's like a typewriter. <laughs> yes, yes, no doubt. Oh wow. And uh, so you're I, I saw in your notice in your uh, biography you also written in other genres like horror and uh, young adult. Uh, what do you what are the differences between those writing different genres you is it a big difference that you feel? Yeah, uh, Nephilim was kind of funny because I had written two Reed Ferguson books, and I was, at that time, this was, you know, like 2002, 2003, and I was like, well, I'm going to try and get an agent and whatever, and then I literally, I, I started rereading Salem's Lot, and I had a dream that ended up being kind of the kernel of the story for Nephilim and I so I I, ha, I stopped and wrote that and it it took a, a year or so to write and and then edit it and polish it up um, and and yeah it was different because I was I think you know I was trying to sort of capture the feel of like early Stephen King or some of the older horror where it wasn't so much the gore that kind of thing but it was that psychological fright or type of thing um, and so for me it definitely felt like a different type of writing um, the YA series the, the Noah Winter series um, it's different as well because it's geared to to kids so the writing style is a little bit different you know you have to be somewhat careful of you know of your vocabulary and how you're structuring sentences and, and that kind of thing. And then they're shorter novels, too. And now when you're writing your novels, do, do you, like, um, are any experiences from your real life, do they make it onto your, onto your books? Uh, yeah, here and there. I mean, I've even had people tell me that they can hear, read, they can hear me and read. <laughs> you know, the humor and stuff. And then, like, Nephilim, that... that the premise of that is what if the Nephilim who are half man, half fallen angels uh, come back to earth and try to take over a small Colorado mountain tourist town and um, the setting for that is sort of based on my parents cabin outside of Boulder, Colorado so that factored into that novel so yeah I think things come in whether it's you know personality things or sometimes settings or stuff like that. And how about friends and, friends and family? Do they ever make it into your books, to like a character or anything like that that they recognize? 
No, no. The only thing I ever did was my cousin kept uh, saying, well, she wanted a character named after her. She wanted a character named after her. And so I finally had this uh, character that was sort of this druggy kind of woman, you know, party. <laughs> <laughs> Says so there you go. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. No, because I do worry that you know you you worry a little bit that you don't want to offend anybody. Although although Reed's mother has aspects of my mother in her, and my mother would be horrified if she ever heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so, what are some of the, when you're writing your, your 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 novels? What are some of the challenges that 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 you encounter? I mean, is it like what do you find most challenging? Like the actual writing, or doing the research, or getting ready, to get getting the right mindset? Um, you know, sometimes it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm definitely a pantser. I do not plot from start to finish, and. I, although there are times I wish I could, I just can't. I can't envision the whole story. I, I kind of, and to me, I think you you can lose surprises if if you're trying to just go off an outline. Um, you know, I might have some general flow of the story, and sometimes I sort of know how I want it to end, but I don't know chapter to chapter. And so sometimes in the middle of a story. I can kind of get stuck where I'm like, okay, I, I need it to go here, but I'm not sure how to do it or something like that. And I have a friend that, that I'll talk to and we work through things or a lot of, sometimes it's just taking a walk or something like that. And I just start thinking it through and, you know, this could happen. Well, no, this, you can't because of this or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, so so it really just kind of depends because there's some days that that the words just seem to flow, and there's other days where it seems like I'm struggling to to get a chapter out. <laughs> and do you do you write every day? I try to when I when I'm uh, starting a novel, I try to do a chapter every day, and I don't always make that. So generally, my my books generally seem to be about thirty chapters. And so my goal was always to do it in a month, but I never do quite that. It's probably more like five weeks or sometimes six. But yeah, I try to write something every day when I'm when I'm working on a novel. And do you use uh, any like um, writing software or you use good old Word? Or? Yeah, no. I was talking to somebody about that yesterday because he was like, "You need to use Scrivener." <laughs> I don't. I use Word. Um, I, I probably should get into Scrivener. I, I had a copy at one point. I don't know that I still do. Um, because, you know, like he was saying, even just the basic stuff is pretty easy to pick up. Um, but no, I've just generally, I've, I've done words for so long, mm -hmm. it just seems weird to switch to something else. <laughs> yeah, it's working for you, 13 novels, and, or more than 13 because you are the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I seem to be doing all right <laughs> with Word. Right. Yeah. Um, so where do you usually write? Location-wise, uh, yeah. Well, right now it's kind of anywhere. I'm I'm actually sort of in transit where I sold my house and I bought land and I'm living in somebody's basement now. So I don't really have my own space. Um, I used to kind of need 
my office stuff around me. I had some books and I collect sports memorabilia and I kind of had my space that I needed to be in. But I've gotten now where I can write just about anywhere, um, whether it's at the laptop or sitting in a car waiting for somebody or something like that, and I'll jot down words and so. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, that's a, that's the nice thing about this thing about this uh, about it too, right? You can do it, really do it from anywhere as long as you got your laptop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and what keeps you going, uh, writing your stories and 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 putting the words, the work in? Some of it is I the the dream to write for a living, which I'm not there yet. I still have a job, um, but the more I do it, it. I don't think I could stop because there's just that piece of wanting to see where the characters go and just in in even though sometimes it is work to produce a novel when you finish it it's a really cool feeling to go wow there's another one under my belt and let's see what people think of this story and you know did it did it accomplish what I wanted it to and um, there's a lot of other stories in my head that I still want to tell so um, all of that kind of keeps me motivated to keep going. And do you still find time to read? Not as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I wish. I, I had a job that, that I had to use uh, public transportation and I would read to and from work, but I haven't done that in a year, and so I don't get nearly as much reading time in. Um, it's one of the things I miss, but with having a full-time job and then trying to do so much at night there, there just isn't as much time to read as I wish there was and do you interact a lot with your uh, with your readers are you like on Facebook and all that uh, all that good stuff yeah and I, I also have a I have a mailing list and then I have a, a, a beta group or a launch team that helps um, with uh, you know they, they'll uh, read the book ahead of time and spot typos and stuff and then they review it once it goes live and there's a private Facebook group for those people and, and I'll interact some with those guys there as well and chat and um, so it's nice it's I, I definitely try to I try to get uh, emails out maybe a couple times a month and just kind of be personable with people and let them know what's going on and you know, just try to build a fan base where people care about you, and then I think if they care about you, they're going to care about your writing and your stories as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially yeah nowadays, it's just there's, people expect a lot more. It's not as big of a deal anymore to be able to reach out to a writer as before. It was like such you know arm's length. Now it's that's gone now. <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I did notice for the reader, uh, for the listeners, that uh, on your website you're giving it, uh, for joining your uh, your uh, mailing list, you, they they could get some freebies, some good stuff, huh? A couple books and a story. Can you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I just um, you know, it's called a they call it a reader magnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically if you you know, in exchange for your email, I'm going to give you um, a, a couple of stories. Um, and a you know a short story and you know it's all free and you can remain on the mailing list if you want you you can unsubscribe uh, at any time um, but you know I think it's a way to, that what you would hope is that if people are at least somewhat interested in what you're writing then this gives them a chance to uh, you know a trial run they can try you out without investing anything and then you know hopefully if they 
like what they read, they'll go on and, you know, buy some of your other stuff. Yeah, that's cool. And if you for the listeners, um, I'll have a link on the website. It's RenePolish.com. Uh, if you go there, you'll, you'll be able to see the, the, her offer for that. Yeah, and I do other things, too. I don't want, you know, I think it's important to not just be the, you know, buy my books, buy my books. And, you know, I try to, I run contests for things, for books, for, I've done Kindles before. I'm looking at doing some tchotchkes, you know, like mugs or keychains or, you know, that type of thing. And um, I try to give the people on the list, and um, you know, previews of upcoming things. And I've given away one, one October, I gave away one of my uh, short stories, you know, so that type of thing. Because I don't want it, you know, I want people to feel like, hey, this is kind of, it's a fun experience for them to, to be a part of the list. Oh, that's great! Yeah, and you also uh, you, you also run the um, you're running a promotion where you've gotten together a whole bunch of different uh, mystery uh, thriller writers, mystery writers, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I think that's coming up in uh, June, right? Right. Yeah. That's ReneePolish.com forward slash promo, and what I'm doing is just gathering a bunch of off- mystery and thriller authors, and we just are promoting. Um, I think it's going to alternate between free and 99 cent books or 99 cent box sets or something. And, um, you know, this is all, I'm not charging anybody to be on the list, nobody on the list. We're not asking for emails or anything. It literally is just come to the page, scroll through the covers, and if something strikes your fancy, click on the cover. It'll take you to Amazon and you can check out the book. And Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that direct. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's a way for you know all of us to to share with people that we know and our mailing lists and social media and whatnot and just hopefully you know as readers they might discover somebody that they wouldn't have heard of otherwise and then like I said there's just there's you know because I know people do get tired of I don't want to give you my email or something you know you know nothing to do with that it's just if, if you like a book you know Give give the author a try. Yeah, that's great too. That's a, that's what I like about the writers, the writing community too. Is like you know, authors like yourself helping out other authors. You know, putting this together, organizing it, uh, just kind of helping each other out. Even though theoretically it could be all competitors, but instead of being all cutthroat, you're all everyone's helping each other out, which I think is so 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 cool. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, even you know, like you and I interacting, and then it's like, hey, you know, why don't you have me on? You know, I'd like to interview that that type of thing, and I. I, I there is a really good community of authors out there that that you know are sharing what they are learning and encouraging and it's really cool to see because there's plenty of readers out there and there's no need to be in competition with each other and yeah it's like sharing a, yeah it's like if you read a, 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 a if you look, there's an author you like or a book you like you want to share it and tell everybody so it's a great way of doing that <laughs> right yeah. right yeah. all right so is there anything uh, else that you'd like to uh, tell to our listeners before I let you go you know what it's been a whole lot of fun and I I would um, you know if people want more information check out my website or um, on Amazon and um, yeah you can try a couple books for free and and see if you like them or not and you know I run deals here and there and you know read read Ferguson it's funny because I think I sort of have created a new genre of like comedic noir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna ask you about that because yeah, you actually use comedy in there. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a mystery, but you're there's a comedic bent to it. Because I read the first chapter. 
Yeah. Yeah. How that is that just because of you, is that from, coming from your own personality or how did that go? <laughs> yeah. No, I can be a smart ass. <laughs> like I said, there's definitely me and Reed, and you know, and and the thing is, is a couple people are like, well, it was a parody of noir. And, and it really isn't that, although in some, I can see how people would take it that way, but, you know, it really is just, you know, they have, you know, some of the stories are darker than others, you know, or have a darker theme around it. But yeah, there's definitely elements of humor mixed in, and as the series have gone along, it's, you know, very light romance between uh, Reed and his girlfriend, who then becomes his wife and um but yeah the the comedy is definitely there as well do you find comedy or, or your humor go into your other books as well in, in the other genres no i i really haven't like the dewey web was very intentional to be kind of a hard-boiled noir kind of book and so you know like i a few people have criticized the reed ferguson because he doesn't shoot people or you know they're like well he doesn't always have his gun but that was very intentional because he even references in some of the books where he says he would like to be like James Garner from the Rockford Files and James Garner was like I don't carry a gun because I don't want to have to use it mm-hmm. and that's kind of where he really doesn't want to have to shoot anybody <laughs> but then like the Dewey Webb he's very different he's not afraid to slap people around or whatever to get what he needs and that was very intentional to make him not a 1950s read i wanted him to be his own character and his own personality and the noah winter books they they have probably a little bit of humor but they're they're very fast-paced action adventure um boys especially love them because it's all about scuba diving and searching for treasure and things like that and um they they really like that so um, so yeah, probably Reed Ferguson is the only one that's truly intentionally meant to be funny. <laughs> well, it looks like you've you, you've uh, hit something there because uh, when I was doing a little research before getting on the, doing this interview, I mean your reviews for all your all those books are are incredible, very very good high 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 reviews on uh, on Amazon. So <laughs> you're yeah. uh, struck a chord, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been a little bit difficult to market just because people see the covers and they think noir and it's not necessarily noir um and and they're very they're very clean books too. I intentionally don't have swearing or sex. It's just alluded to and and a lot of people appreciate that. I think there's a lot of readers that get tired of of all the sex and swearing in books these days. Um you know, and so it's definitely there's an audience there for that as well and yeah it, it they, they can be a little difficult to market <laughs> <laughs> well it's like you said there's a big a lot of readers out there with a lot of different tastes so it's a it's an exciting time to be doing this huh <laughs> yes absolutely. Uh, absolutely all right well um we'll t- take any more of your time i want to thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and letting us know about your your books and your story i really really appreciate it thank you thank you for having me it's been a lot of fun Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. You can uh, learn more about the, this podcast and about future interviews over at the website at uh, www.thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can do it on Stitcher or you can do it uh, by email uh, over at the uh, website. 
and also like to invite you to uh, join the mailing lists so you never miss an episode. And I'd also like to invite you to visit my author page at uh, Facebook, uh, Alan Peterson Books, and also my website, alanpeterson.com. 